All right, well, I'm, I'm excited to be able to bring the word to you this morning. We're going to read a couple scriptures. We're going to read one out of John 16, and we're going to read one out of John 14. I'm saying that twice because can we give Crystal a hand in the back on our tech team? Because they all get nervous when they have my notes because they change a lot from the time I've given them to them. So anyway, John uh, chapter 16, verse 31, um, it says, Jesus replied, now you finally believe in me. And the time has come when you will be scattered, and each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me, say, peace which is in me, peace which is in me, will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. In John 14, 27, I leave you the gift of peace with you. My peace, say my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Can we give Jesus another hand? And, and as you, yeah, he's just awesome. Today, today we're going to be talking about something that, that has just been so deep in my soul, just something I've struggled with my whole life, and I know I'm not alone, and that is our ache for peace. Our ache for peace, how we have that deep longing for peace. So why don't you just take a sec, give somebody a high five, give a hug, and say, our peace is in Jesus, and, and have a seat. Well, like I said, this morning we're continuing our series on how we're made, made, thriving, how we're made in Jesus. We, um, Pastor Brent talked last week about we are, see if you're listening, made for, man, that piece is today, come on, <laughs> made to belong, where we're supposed to be part of something else. You know, that, that God is enough, but he's not just enough. That we need community and we need each other. And that goes right along with our topic today, our ache for peace, our longing for peace. I know I was about, I forget how old I was, let's say I was 20 years old or something, and, and I was going to the dentist. Who ever had like a bad toothache? Right? Aren't they awesome? Right? Brutal. I, I absolutely hate the dentist. I hate going, like I, I don't even mean the dentist office, I hate the dentist. Right, and and I hate the little nurses and that come and and they're they're being all nice and they're asking questions when you got to, you know hey how you doing and and just it's just bad I hate the whole thing but this ache was so bad I I knew that this was the only guy that could help me out so I was in and I was very friendly um, <laughs> even though I knew what was kind of coming so I go in and I sit down in the chair he puts me in the chair and he starts looking at my tooth and and I'm like I just need some relief from this please some relief and what it is is I have wisdom teeth and I'm such a baby that I got my wisdom teeth out one at a time, and I still actually have one, and I'm 40 years old. Crazy, huh? And it needs to go, and every time I go, I'm like, well, it'll probably be okay. Let it rot out. Anyway, um, amen. That's right. So I'm in there, and he's looking. He's like, yeah, I see the problem. One of your, your wisdom teeth is impacted, and it's going to have to be pulled out. And I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. Let's just fix it now, and then we'll schedule something and get that pulled out. And he's like, oh, no, we got time. We'll just pull that out now. 
And of course, I'm trying to be cool and tough in front of everybody because I'm, you know, I'm not a small little guy. I'm like, okay, it's no big deal. And in this moment, I had like the V sweat instant. Whew, and I'm in like a shirt and tie. I'm there just coming from work. And it's like the sweat here, the sweat here. And I'm like, oh man, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm in the chair. And as I'm sitting there, he's like, we'll pull that out. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. No problem. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, the orange juice. Bring, he's gonna, we're going to lose him. He's going to pass out. And they haven't even done anything. And so that's embarrassing. It's like they're all looking. Like, where are they, which kid are they bringing the orange juice to? Right? And it's like, that's, that's mine. That, that's for me. So he gives me the orange juice. And then he starts to go to work. And as he's starting to work on the two, I'm doing like this, right? Like the flailing. Like, like he's like, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. And then he, it's like, you know what I mean? Like the legs are, are like, um, he's in there. And he's going. And it was so crazy anyway he did the work and I and whatever and then you go out and you get the packing in your mouth and even the receptionist I kind of like them but like right away they're like do you want to book another appointment are you crazy I am never coming back here and in the the flailing though in the chair isn't that true that that's what a lot of us look like as we're looking for peace right that we're just all over the place that we're flailing around trying to find this peace that even the Bible promises even say the world promises that we want peace we have this deep longing for peace we do that's how we were created in God's image to be peaceful made in his peace that ache for peace that we long for the world offers so much to try to fulfill that peace and it's just never enough. I was looking at some stats just to give you an idea here. It's like we are unsettled as people and as a nation and as a world. But some of this says one in three people in Canada struggle with mental health or will struggle with mental health. One in three. And that's from the public health site, Canada. So this is internet stuff. You believe everything on the internet, I know. But this seemed pretty good. I checked it in a few spots. 30% of all deaths are between the ages of 14 and 24 are suicide. 30%. The only other leading cause is accidents. 30%. The ages 25 to 44 are 24%, and that is going up fast. 83% of people are unhappy in their marriages. 83%. I know there's none of them here. Like, you guys, like, who's sitting by their wife? They're like, look, there goes the arm around one. That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Praise the Lord. You, he's like, I got you, honey. She's moving. No, I'm just joking. It's good. Uh, and addictions are higher than ever, right? Addictions are higher than ever. Addic addiction is everywhere. And you're thinking, well, I don't struggle with it. I'm not talking just about the drug addict. I'm talking about we are addicted to our phones. So a little hard. I went to the bathroom the other day, and I forgot my phone. I went not just the other day, but I, I went to that, and I, and I forgot my phone, and I didn't know what to do. I, I, I actually left, got my phone, and came back. Like, I don't know if I can use the bathroom without my phone. Like, we are addicted to so many different things. We're addicted, like, pornography is just a thing that people don't even consider an addiction. You know, like I look at like what that does to our brains and our minds, like the lying, we lie so much, like even our image, I, somebody showed me a picture of somebody on Facebook the other day and they said, you know this person? And I was like, no, I, 
I don't. And then I actually seen the person a few days later, and they're like, this is them. And I did know them, and I didn't even recognize their picture because it didn't look anything like them. Like, we have this image that, that we just have to put on that we think if we're not perfect all the time, that that, that little bit of, um, you know, affirmation gives us peace. Nations are seeking for peace, and we always have the world. Over the, the last 3,400 years of records... We have only been at peace for 268 years. Like, is that not striving for peace? Like, wh- like what, why do we go to war? For peace. You guys are the smart group, obviously. Um, 8% of recorded history, we have been at peace. America has been at war 93% of the time. 222 out of 239 years since 1776, the U.S. has only been at peace for 20 years. So out of 239 years, they've been at peace for 20 years. That's a thing. 2.5 million people between Canada and the U.S. are in prison. 2.5 million I read those so we understand that this ache and this longing for peace is a real thing and it causes a lot of problem when we don't go to the right place for peace. We long for peace, that part's real. But the solutions that we find in this world aren't real. What if our striving for peace is actually working against us. As I prepared this message, I, I realized it actually, it, it wasn't, I don't want to, I don't know if the right word is disturbing, but it, it did something in me where I just was thinking, man, I have this wrong. I even thought I was at peace, but it was like a surface peace. The things I was going to to get me through the day weren't lasting. And I didn't even really understand where I was at. And I, and I thought of this illustration where like, this chair would be what we would consider peaceful. Right? And this chair is reality. This broken chair. And you guys are waiting for it to fall apart when I sit in it. But this is reality and this is what we long for. And I know if, if we can get here, then we're peaceful. I remember when I was running my business, I was an electrician for years and I... Uh, I would come home from work and I would say to Julie, I said, I just want to go to work. I want to get up. I want to like do a little kissy poo. I want to go to work. I want to come home. I want my kids to be friendly and nice to me and not whine. I want to make good money and I want to do it again tomorrow. That's it. And then I want to retire and just do what I want. And a lot of us think if we get there, then that's good. I remember I I was an addict for years and I struggled with that and God delivered me from that and praise the Lord. But if I could, like my addiction was a type of comfort. It was avoiding situations. It wasn't about the addiction. I don't know what yours might be. It could be work, whatever. But we believe if we can get to this chair, then everything's going to be okay. If we can actually sit in this comfort and we can travel and we can make more money and we can make people think we're, we're doing fine, then, then that's okay. And that's what the world tells us. The world offers everything it can to make us feel this way. And as you can see by the stats I read, it's just not reality. 
It's not, it, that's, not what, that's not what the Bible talks about, what peace is. Because the reality is, is when, when I finally got to this chair, when I worked so hard to get comfortable and, and to feel good and to have peace, like even momentary peace, and we'd strive after and after to have that, guess where I always ended up? Back in that chair. Every time. So we're here for a while, and then we end up over here. And I had to learn, and we have to learn as Christians and believers, if we want true peace, how to survive in this chair. You're waiting for it, I know. Right? I have to figure out how to survive while I'm in this. I have to know how to have peace while I'm in this, because this isn't going away. Some of us are in that chair, and we say, you know, when my kids get a little older, it's the mom. When my kids go, I'm going to get my sleep back. Oh, I'm going to get my sleep back if I could just happen. That's not true. Because you know what happens? They steal your car. They take your money. They make fun of you all the time. Your insecurities go up. It just changes. And then, okay, my kids are off to school, and I finally made peace. I don't care really about it anymore. Like, Go. And then, you know, your parents start to pass away or a loved one or you're getting older and your friends start to have disease and cancer or maybe yourself. And this is the reality. So if I can't have peace in this, we're not going to make it and we're going to strive for this. And it's just messy. And it never works. And it is tiring and it's a full-time job. And the problem even more today is it's so easy to think that we're there. I didn't even know that I was striving for that because of phones like on like Amazon Prime, praise the Lord. I know I feel bad. I go on, click, click, something shows up the next morning. Like when I wake up and open the door, it falls in, right? Like the delivery guy puts it, like falls on me. It's like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Like it's just so simple to have gratification. It just, it just does. Like soon as you know, even me is, is preaching or teaching at CR that when that moment's done, I, I just feel like I can go home and just let my hair down. That was bad. But and just like just get instant gratification because you know what? It's not in what we do. It just isn't. The Bible talks about a peace and it's called shalom. And that's a whole different thing of what the world thinks of peace. The world thinks of peace is the absence of trouble. Right? Jesus doesn't say that. What did he say in that verse we read? You don't know. Neither do I. Okay, I'm teasing. I'm teasing you. There's going to be trouble in this world. It's coming. There's sorrows. And you know what? My peace I leave with you so you can deal with the reality of this. Because I'm telling you, this isn't real. All the people we study about in the Bible and the ones we learn about how to live this life never lived in this. They left this and understood that this is where the power comes in. This is where we see the real, where we see the real healing. This is where we, where we can be made whole. This is where the diagnosis, yes, it can mess with our mind and it can make us feel down and, and just not whole. It can derail us for a bit, but if we understand this peace, shalom, then we can push through life, then we can understand what real peace is, which comes from Jesus. And Jesus says, I leave you my peace. Shalom is a word that's found in the Old Testament. 
It's used in the, in, the new, in the New Testament in like a Greek way, but the word peace actually means, and I'm going to go through a few, few things here that's going to help you understand what that word means. It's mentioned about 250 times in the Old Testament. So this is a big deal. He needs us to understand this. We, we, I think the big problem is, is we need to understand the access, what type of peace we have access to. It's not just this peace. We have access to a peace that's going to carry us through this. Shalom is a significant word. In its purest sense, it means peace. Meaning is positive. That is, when someone says shalom, peace unto you, it doesn't mean I hope you don't get into trouble. It means I hope you have the highest good coming your way. Do you understand the difference? Like, I I hope you stop fighting with your wife. That's not what it means when you're greeted. Shalom with you. It, It means the highest good, the highest calling, completeness, wholeness. You know, in that old, busted-up, fragile world, the best is coming to you. It's not, I hope that goes away. It's, I'm with you in that, because thank goodness we're just passing through. And that's the reality in the church, in the workplace, in the schools, that that's what it is. Um, A wish for completeness, contentment, well-being, all that is good flows in your life. Not, as, not that we would stop fighting, not that we would, you know, just be liked by everybody. One can dictate peace. Shalom is a mutual agreement. Peace is a temporary pact. Shalom is a permanent agreement. One can make a peace treaty. Shalom is a condition of peace. Peace can be negative. The absence of commotion. Shalom is positive. The presence of serenity. True biblical shalom refers to an inward sense of completeness or wholeness. So I I believe a lot of us in this room love Jesus. And some of you that, that don't even know who he is, and maybe you're visiting, I hope that you just understand that Jesus loves you and he wants you in his family and he died for you. And we're going to talk more about that at the end. And I believe you'll never leave the same, but I, leave, I believe as a whole that we'll never leave the same. Why, if we love Jesus so much, why do we struggle so much and strive so much to be in this chair? I believe there's three statements. And for me as... As I studied this this week, these just really got into my core, and I understood, man, I I do this all the time, so I kind of want to just get down with you guys today and go through these and understand together that this is what we do, and if we understand these, God will will change us. The, the, The first one is, actually it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So I'm a new creation. So my identity is in Christ. So our first statement is peace is not in my activity. It's not my activity. It's my identity. There's enough in that statement right there. It's not in my activity. Peace is not about my activity, nor is my identity in my activity. Peace is not my activity nor is my identity in my activity. It was his activity that gave me a new identity. It's what he did on the cross that made me new and whole. If our, if our peace is tied to something that moves, our peace will move. 
If your peace is tied to a cruise ship, guess what? You're getting off that ship sometime. I was on vacation last year, super excited to go, stressed out before we go. You know, this is going to be good. I'm going to relax. I'm going with my mom and dad, and I'm going to make them pay for everything, and this is just going to be good, right? Praise the Lord for parents. Anyway, they just, I'm just going to chill. And anyway, we get on the plane, and I notice my, my son's got a fever, and I'm thinking, mm, oh, no, like, how can I get on another plane and leave Julie with the kids? No, I wasn't thinking that. I'm, I'm thinking this isn't going to be good. And we get down, we get off the plane. Our parents meet us. And anyway, this vacation turned into uh, a bit of a nightmare where my boy got really sick. We had to go to the clinic a few times, had ear infections. And then, of course, what does an 11-year-old boy want to do on vacation if there's a pool? be in it all the time so now I gotta pack his ears and do this and he's crying and the other kids crying because we can't do this and we're trying to drag around then Julie gets sick so I'm just thinking oh my word this vacation I want to go back to my stressful life this is crazy so finally we get on the plane and I'm going home and and doesn't my kid get sick on the plane so now I'm carrying bags of puke like I'm holding it I'm holding this thing and like, if my peace is tied to that, because I can tell you what, we had a great time. And then when I got home, it was the same. So if I'm relying on that, like activities are fun. But if my identity is in my activity, it just never works out. Like everybody has a bad vacation story or you've spent the money and it just doesn't work. But if my, if my peace is tied to my identity, then activities can be fun. It's not the pursuit of peace, it's the person of peace. Many of us pursue and do things looking for peace. We have to understand it's not pursuing it. It's the person of peace, which is Jesus. Our souls are asking, our souls are longing. And we think our actions are answers. We were created for peace. You know, in the beginning, it says in Genesis 1.31, God saw that all he made, and it was good. And there was evening. And then there was morning, and the sixth day, God saw all that he made, and it was very good. My identity is in him. He made me whole. He made me to peace. And that changed when we messed it all up in the garden, and, and it just looks different. And we come out, we come out, Sinning, like I think it says in Job, um, it is Job, where a man is born into trouble or a man is trouble as the sparks fly upward. And it, it's just that meaning, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. And we're going to seek to try to fix that. And if I think my identity is in everything else, it just gets messy. We have to understand that when our identity changes, it actually drives my activity. Like if, if you're serving... In church, if you're giving money away to find peace, it's just, it never works. It doesn't last. I've seen people come in the church year after year and then they leave because they're thinking doing is going to receive it. This just not how it works. But my identity now drives my activity. I understand I'm a son. I'm a boy. I'm Jesus' son. God's my father. And because I love him, the things that used to drive me, the activities that used to make me whole, that I thought made me whole, have, have left. And now my identity in Jesus, my activities look different. And then my activities fuel my new identity because my activities are because I love Jesus. Next one, peace is not 
in my mind. It's in my heart. Peace is not just in your mind, it's in your heart. And unless you have peace of heart, that, that aching within our mind just rushes crazy. We need to stop focusing on what he's not doing and praise him for what he's already done. You should be able to get before the Lord and praise him for what he's done in your life in midst of what this looks like. And if you don't know what that is, you need to get on your knees as a man and as a woman before the Lord and say, God, I praise you for what you've done already. And I know you're going to... If Jesus didn't do anything else, and he will... But if he didn't, we should have enough already to hold on to. And if you don't believe that, your mind gets twisted. You know what happens is we go back to the very thing that he freed us from. When it's not in my heart, when I don't understand that he has made me whole, when something happens, we, we just go crazy like a flight being canceled. I see my friend Micah here. He travels all the time. Like when a flight cancels, what do you do? Like I'm there waiting for it. So I can run over everybody to get home. So I can run over the women and children. I can do the whole thing because I need to get home. Like if, in, in our heart, and that's what it's like in life. Like if, if something comes, like our mind gets racing if my heart isn't settled. This world does give a type of peace and it gives a peace of mind and I'm thankful for that. Like I'm thankful for the cops, police, unless they pull me over. But then I'm thankful we have some in the church so I can call them to get me off. Um, right? Amen. Praise the Lord for community. Because <laughs> I don't take advantage of it at all. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good if everything's awesome. I am. If everything's awesome, I'm good. But the moment things go off, I forget I'm a Christian. The moment things go crazy, I forget I'm a Christian. I start to go in my mind. But if my heart is right, and, and how I do that is spending time with him, getting before him, getting with others and praising him and talking to Jesus and starting to understand what my identity really is. And it's not about just the way I think. It's about my heart. And when my heart gets transformed, guess what he does? He renews my mind and starts thinking. And then the way I think actually helps my heart. But this world is going to try to twist your mind. And, and I love what Jesus says to his disciples. He says in John 14, 27, we've read this, but peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you. I do not give it as the world gives. And do not let your hearts be troubled. He says this to his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus was going to be crucified as he's sharing this. He's like, do not let your hearts be troubled because I give you a peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Things are going to happen around you that you're going to see that are going to try to steal what I've given you, that are going to try to rob your joy, your peace. I give you a different peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Here on earth, we will have many trials. We'll have many sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. The type of peace that Jesus gives is not the one that's, that is circumstance-based to just coexist with our circumstances, but it is a peace in bad circumstances, anxiety, depression, addiction, loss. It's a peace that overrules them. You know, many of us try to figure that out. It's like, I can't, I just can't get that. Like, I'm in this chair, and I just don't get it. I, I just, I'm more comfortable here even just striving. And we can't even comprehend it. And it, it's a peace that surpasses all human comprehension. It says in uh, 
Philippians 4, 7, Paul says this, and the peace of God which transcends, transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. We can't grasp it and we can't make it happen. Stop trying to figure it out and accept it in here. Many of us use peace as a crutch instead of stand, standing in it as a victory. It's a victory it was paid for. Peace is not what I earn. It's what I receive. It's not what we earn. It's what we receive. We need to stop looking for the perfect situation because we have the perfect person. And that's a savior. I leave you the gift of peace. You can't earn it. Colossians 1.19 For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Isaiah 53.5 But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we were healed. We call this salvation. We call this salvation. It was paid for on the cross. This, this peace that we're looking for, this peace that we want, you can't earn it. It's a gift. It's there. It's in you. It's, it's something we receive, and once we receive it, we can't lose it. You can't earn it, and once you have it, you're never going to lose it. I have friends, I do a salvation call, and one of my good buddies, he raises his hand all the time. I'm getting saved again. I'm getting saved again. I'm getting sa it's like, dude, you, you've bowed the knee. You've confessed your sin. You're made whole. It's over. He's like, yeah, but I had a bad week. I'm like, oh, no, it's, it's not about that. You can't earn this. You have it. It's, it's it. You're made whole. And we call that salvation. He is not giving us peace that can be taken away. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. I'm going to have the band come back. Um, Jay and the team can come up. Uh, we need to understand, guys, that th this was real for me. As, as I studied this and as I just, it was, like I said, it was, it was just heartbreaking in the sense of where we go and what we do and what we look for, for peace. That it's just, it's just overwhelming and sometimes overbearing. And, and I love when Jesus said, he says, I give you my peace. And I just had to look a little deeper and understand, you know, the word shalom and what that means and, and what this peace actually looked like in this context of Jesus when he said, I leave you my peace. This is the same peace that he had as he went before um, Pilate, right? Like Pilate, actually, he was there, and the haters and the mockers, and Pilate had the authority to crucify him or let him go, he says. Like, Jesus, do you understand what I can do here? And Jesus' response was, you would have no authority over me unless it has been given to you from above. We have to understand this. Like, this was a... This was the time when Jesus was sharing this to his disciples, when he was giving this in context, that they were troubled, they were scared, because the person that they had been with for three years was now leaving them. 
and be crucified. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to give you this peace. And that's the peace that Jesus had as he walked to the cross, as he stood in front of Pilate, as he stood in front of somebody that he says, I, I'm going to take everything from you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy your little disciple posse. This is over. Like, you realize I have this power? And he's like, you got no power over me. And for the ones that followed him, you know, they were getting used to this. But imagine the ones watching. Imagine, like, us being there and seeing this person saying, you have no authority over me unless it's been given to you. You, you can't destroy me. You can't take it away. And Jesus is leaving us that peace, like the handshaking peace, when our minds are a little scattered, but it's in our heart and it's in our soul when we know that when, when we're scared, when we're scared, and the, and the world tries to give us things to take that away, but it's okay to be scared because Jesus is there with us. Like, I don't know what, what situation you're in or, or your kids are. I just feel like a lot of our kids are just so lost. I've got two young boys, and I'm scared to death, and some of the bad decisions I made, I'm just scared to death they're going to make them. But I know that I need to be comfortable in this. I need to trust Jesus in that. Because those days are coming. Trials and sorrows are coming. And I need that peace that Jesus left us. You know, the Holy Spirit came. Jesus left and he sent us the Holy Spirit. As he died on that cross, the same peace that put him there, the same peace that kept him on the cross, he sent through the Holy Spirit to give to us. The Holy Spirit's ministry, his ministry is to give us what Jesus left us. Jesus is sending that through the Holy Spirit, and we bring that Holy Spirit into our heart. It's not in my activity. It's in my identity. I have that power within me. It's not in my thoughts. It's in my heart, and I can't earn it. I've received it, and I can't lose it. It's the same peace Jesus had when he walked on the water. It's the same peace that Paul had when he was in prison in literally crap up to his neck, so singing praises. It's the same peace Peter had as he was crucified. It's the same peace. It's the same peace that will carry us through. You can take peace in the bottle. You can take peace in pills. You can take peace in TV and money, better jobs, pats on the back, affirmation, getting fit, eating. <laughs> marriages, relationships. We can try to take peace in that. That's not the peace Jesus is talking about. You can either take peace in that or you can take peace in Jesus. And that's our choice. We need to be able to release to receive. I felt God saying that to me a few weeks ago. Adam, you... You know this, you teach this, you talk about it all the time. Whatever we keep inside, we can't be freed from. You need to be able to release, to have peace. And I, and I just was thinking, I, I just, like my level of peace equals my level of release. Right? It does. I don't know what you're holding on to or what you're going through. Maybe it's a financial situation and it's bad. And you know what? You're not just going to pray your way out of it. you got to make some tough decisions. If you need help, ask for it. We have recovery programs. We have small groups. We have an amazing church. If you love what happens here on the weekends, you're going to love CR. You're going to love community groups. Be part of something. Ask for the help. 
Control what you can control and pray for the rest. We have to make tough decisions. Things happen. Trials and sorrows come. My peace I leave to you. A few weeks ago, we were doing an exercise, and this is where this level of release equals my level of peace came to me. And, and I was just thinking, how desperate am I for peace? How desperate are you to be made whole? How desperate are you? I know for me, when I first was coming, you know, worshiping, I kind of did like maybe this worship. Like a little hand and a little bit. And you know what? I wasn't desperate enough. I was, but I didn't realize it because this was blocking what this was offering. And I could tell you right now, when I got desperate, guess where I was? Right in this empty front row. I know there's some of you right now that would benefit by being in this very front row. By raising your hands and saying, I'm desperate for you, Jesus. I need this peace. And we were sitting as a staff and doing an exercise. And I kind of did it wrong, I think. Um, but as I was sitting there, we just said, go write down a few things that God's doing in your life or things that you need to talk about. And, and as I did this, I, I wrote some things down and I went over to do it sitting right here. And it was something stirred in my heart where God said, write down what you really think of you and I'll tell you who you are. And I was like, I'm a teacher and I'm a dad. I'm a good dad. You know, I... I had a good career, and I love where I work, and God's doing amazing things. You know, write down how you really think. What you really think, and I, and I wrote it down, and I carry it in my wallet. It's not the most encouraging thing to carry in my wallet, but I'll explain it. And I wrote this down, and as I sat down, it just came over me, to be honest, to release so I can receive more peace, because I know from experience, if I hold on to things, it just festers, and I need more of this. When actually I'm okay in this. I do better in this. I always end up back there anyway, and it's not, and you gotta drag me there. And I wrote down, I said, What's wrong with me? Why can't I get it right? Addiction, fear, failure. I can't do this. I don't wanna do this. I'm not good enough. I'm below unqualified. And I sat over there and I was whimpering as I wrote this, trying to be cool. I have a problem with that. Um, and as I wrote that down, I, I just felt Jesus come over me in a level of peace and say, I know you are. And I'm kind of like, what? Yeah. That's why I died on the cross for you. I know you are, but I'm not. And the same power that is in me is in you. My peace is with you. I don't care how you feel up here because you're changed in here. And I don't know how you're feeling today. Those thoughts are real, but it's not your identity. And there's nothing you can do in your activity to change that. You need to receive that in your heart. And it's a free gift. It's a gift that I'm able to write these things down and it not defeat me that I'm able to write this down and I can see God's power and presence come in and give me energy through my weakness. Below unqualified, Jesus says you're overqualified. Addiction, fear, failure, yeah. 
God loves you and he has a plan and he has a purpose and he wants you to experience peace that you've never experienced. And I know there's a bunch of us in this room, we long and we ache for peace. And I can tell you what Jesus did on that cross will free you if you'll take and release some of those things and receive a level of peace that we've never experienced before. So as we worship, as we sing this last song, maybe you need to come down front. Maybe you need to lay on your face. Maybe you need to kneel. Maybe you need to dance. Maybe you need to just stand there and weep. I don't care, but I want you to be desperate for the peace that Jesus is going to give you in your situation. And I'm going to pray over us. I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit would just give you an anointing, an awakening in your life that you'll understand, you know what? It's okay to be in this chair. Jesus says I'm going to be in this chair, but he also says he gave me his peace that overcomes this. So can we agree? Let's stand and just agree in prayer and, and just worship. You know, don't worship from your activity or your thinking or your earning. Worship because you're his son and you're a daughter and he loves you. God, we praise you and we thank you for who you are. God, as we, as we worship in this moment, God, we are desperate for your love. We are desperate for your peace. We are desperate for your Holy Spirit to come upon us. God, I pray right now that we just get out of our own way and all the, the mixed up thinking of the world, God, and we stop trying to figure it out and we understand that your love surpasses everything. That your peace is what I'm aching and longing for. God, as we repent and we ask for forgiveness in our own lives, God, that we just receive your, your love and your grace. On this Thanksgiving day, God, we just, we're, we're thankful that we can come and we can receive what you've done for us. We praise you. We praise our holy God, our Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the message today. If you want to stay up to date, go ahead and click subscribe to follow us on YouTube. And hey, if you want to partner with us in getting these messages farther, you can go to our website and find out ways that you can give and help us get the good news of Jesus further than ever before.